Super Talk Mississippi media production. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. What a great show today. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show. Kelly Sander, John Stewart, the new Conference USA Championship track and field coach, Clarence Weatherspoon, about to join us here in just a moment. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. We're always proud to support our friends at Dickey's. We hope you'll do the same thing. They cook delicious food seven days a week. They cater any event, whether large or small. So the next time you have an event for your church, for your office, for your family, keep Dickey's in mind. Give the guys a call down there, and they've got a whole array of different catering menus and programs that they can offer you. Thank you to Dickey's Barbecue. All right, glad to have the uh, legendary Clarence Weatherspoon back on the show with us today. Obviously, uh, an assistant coach with the men's basketball program and the all-time great Southern Miss basketball player. And uh, Coach Weatherspoon, uh, we've got a weekend left against Florida Atlantic. Uh, Before we get into the particulars of that and what has to happen for the team to make the playoffs or the postseason, I just wanted to ask you to... Kind of put in a nutshell your observation of this season, and uh, how would you describe, uh, you know, what we've learned and, and maybe what we've accomplished this year for our fans around the state? Well, I think uh, you know, as of uh, you know, with all the COVID uh, uh, requirements and, and and stuff that's going on, detailing that the season got off to a, a later start. We didn't have the preseason part of of the season to play those games. And when you bring in that many new faces like we brought in, uh, you know, we had to go through an adjustment period and, and still have to go through all the COVID testing. So this year has been a challenge, but it's also been a challenge for the, for, for the coaching staff and the team to, to team build. And the good thing about it, I think with the rules, you get a chance if you keep your nucleus together, this is a growing year for the program. Right. I know last week had to be really frustrating. Your, your guys play really well against International, Florida International. You win a good game, you know, and then uh, the next the next opportunity to play them gets stopped because, I guess, because of COVID. That's kind of the season in a nutshell, though. Is it not just frustrating, I guess would be the word? No, definitely. Like I say, um, we went through a tough, a tough stretch. The guys bounced back, had a great roll win, building momentum, confidence, and it all gets shut down with a test. So, you know, but those are the protocols this season have put, I think, all the teams through. And uh, so, you know, it's just something you, you have to be uh, – you have to deal with and just learn from. Right. Luke, get in here with uh, the Spoon. Spoon, thanks so much for coming on today, uh, particularly talking about that road win down at FIU. Two guys over 20 points. And, and I guess what I heard Southern Miss fans really talk about was – this was the Tay Hardy that we, you know, we knew that we were getting. I mean, you look at what he did eight and twelve uh, from from the field. 
hit a three, uh, six rebounds, five assists. Uh, that really was, in some ways, one of the best games that he's played this year, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I think the second half, uh, uh, Tay really, uh, you know, took on the challenge and responded well for his came out. Um, got got us in transition, uh, made pull-up shots, made passes, got the team going uh, and, and with a spark of energy. And, and once we got rolling, that looked like the team that we were forecasting to have before all of this stuff happened. When you bring all those guys together, you, you, you having guys that got the ability to, to, you know, really give a lift or a spark every night. And uh, that's what we've been looking for. In that game also, Stevenson started, Pinckney started, um, Tyler Mormon played 18 minutes. All those guys, Coach, are six foot eight, and you know, in a lot of ways, this is probably the tallest or the biggest team that Southern Miss has had probably in you know four or five years. Um, that many, you know, I know, I know people are bigger now. I know that we we got twos and threes at six, 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 seven. I get that, but at the same time, when you've got that much height on the court, uh, does it take time for an offense to learn, or is that just a, a part about newbies coming in? Well, it's it, it both. Uh, newbies coming in and having a um, you know having a chance to get those game experience, get those minutes on the court, playing people at different positions, you know, just team building, bonding. So, with, like I said, with this year being so scattered uh, and uh, with so many uh, precautions, it just we I don't think we had the time to build during that early preseason part of the season, but. Like I say, the good thing is sure. if we keep this nucleus together, I think we'll have a, a, a deep, long, athletic team. And and the reason you can say that, thankfully, the NCAA, you know, kind of when the season started, said that they were going to grant everybody an extra year. So none of these guys on the on the 2021 uh, squad for the Golden Eagles will lose eligibility. Talk also about Justin Johnson. Coach Ladner was pretty uh, frank with us that you know midseason he and Justin had to come to come to truth meeting, and Justin responded in the right way in practice and in games. And man, he's uh, he's done really well in the starting lineup the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, Justin definitely. Uh... You know, them bounce back and, and uh, you know, like I say, re, uh, took the challenge and came out, worked harder, and and then and, and got himself in a position where he's, uh, you know, been playing extremely well for us. But, again, you know, you hate to just say the same thing over and over again. Here go a guy coming out as a JUCO All-American and have to come straight into uh, Division One with no preseason, no early games to – to get his feet wet, he probably thought it was easier or it was going to be smoother. But when the challenge, you know, was set forth, you know, you have to work and continue to work and build that confidence. And I think he, you know, he's finally learning that. All right, Coach. Uh, Florida Atlantic this weekend. A little quick preview, if you will, of what you expect out of the Owls and what has to happen now for the Golden Eagles to make the postseason. Well, you know, you got to have a string of luck. You you just uh, you want to come out and win these two games, these last two home games. But you know, uh, FAU is definitely a, a good team. They don't had a lot of games missed because of the COVID protocols, also. But they got good guard play and they got some size, so and they got big wings. So uh, a lot similar to us, but you know, we got them here at home. We're preparing for them. And I think uh, even if we come out and play that and, and win those two games, that'll give us six conference wins, and we'll be right there, butting heads with uh, uh, several teams in, in our division. Now, some other teams have to lose. Do you know 
and you may not because I certainly don't. Do you do you know the scenario? Who would have to lose, and the Golden Eagles would have to win two to make the postseason? Well, like I say, it's, it's a tough it's a tough formula to to try to break down, you know. But I think uh, our first order of business is trying to take care of home court this uh, this weekend. And and then you know you'll try to formulate it after that, but you know we definitely got a tough challenge ahead of us this weekend, Friday Saturday series, and and uh, you know that's what we're preparing for right now. What's been your observation of that, uh, Coach Weatherspoon? Uh, that 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 Friday Saturday deal is so much different than what you're used to, what college basketball players are used to. How, how has that been playing through that? How's that? affected the team differently than it may have affected them had they played on a regular basis? Well, I think the turnaround is, 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 uh, is much quicker in the adjustment. You don't have as much time to try to create adjustments, but I think it'll work both ways with, with, with the home and road teams. The teams that make their adjustments normally come back that second game and plays a lot better. So it, it, it's, it's a short turnaround, but... It's, it's something definitely new, but the teams I think who's, who who done uh, adjusted quicker in that in that turnaround span done had really uh, advantages, and I think the home court teams done had advantages. Right. All right, Luke. Something else for our coach before we leave. Yeah, Coach, just again, our, our listeners just uh, really uh, just honor the fact that uh, that you came back. You didn't have to, uh, to to coach at your alma mater, being the greatest player to, to ever play for Southern Miss. Our listeners just, uh, again, want to hear from you about, you know, what what keeps you doing that and the joy that you get from coaching in Hattiesburg. Well, that, that's, that's the biggest part. That last statement you made, the joy of coaching and giving back and being around the game. Uh, you know, I, I was blessed to, uh, you know, have uh, great coaching throughout my uh, career, and, 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 and Coach Turk and his staff and the university gave me an opportunity. So it's a way of, of giving back and, and being, you know, being a competitor. You want to, you want to be in the game, but also you, I want to see USM win and do well uh, on the court. So you know, it, it gave me an opportunity to fulfill all those competitive fires that were still burning. Well, we're glad to have you back, Coach. Uh, obviously, you're a massive part of the uh, Southern Miss family. Our only regret is you don't have another year of eligibility. That's just not the case, is it, Coach? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get, get a do-over, but you know what? I don't want that problem coming with no investigations or anything like that. Also, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was a, like I said, we had a great run when we were here. I uh, was able to uh, win a lot of games, uh, make the tournament and stuff, so, you know, Really great memories of, of my time here. So, you know, like I said, I'm just enjoying being on the opposite side. Everybody's still the same pressure. Well, we're glad to have you back. We really appreciate you coming on the Eagle Hour, Coach. Good luck this weekend. Okay, thank you, guys. Coach Clarence Weatherspoon. That still sounds a little odd to say, but uh, he's done a great job and, as Luke said, the greatest basketball player in Southern Miss history. We'll be back.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour Wednesday edition. Our thanks to Spoon for joining us uh, in the first segment. Of course, that's uh, Clarence Weatherspoon. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. What a great place to go for your Southern Miss apparel, for your house, for your car, for your body. You can buy it online. It's at uh, campusbookmark.net. You can shop six days a week, Monday through Saturday, at Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. Tell Miss Kathleen that the Eagle Hour said hello. All right, the second segment, we've been looking forward to this all week. Uh, I say this with absolutely no hesitation. One of our favorite guests, uh, Luke and I, that uh, we've gotten to know over the last few years is our track coach, John Stewart. And so we always enjoy having him on the show. We always enjoy talking about the success of the track and field program. But Luke greeted him on the phone this afternoon with an old Queen song. Isn't that right, Luke? We are the champions and uh, John Stewart and his women are the Conference USA Indoor Track and Field Champions. And, Coach, uh, a most hearty congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That was It was a lot of fun this past weekend. We, we uh, you know, it's always fun to win, and, uh, you know, we're still riding high from it. All right, Coach, I asked you this before we went on the air. You said this was not an unfair assessment. This was an upset, right? Charlotte was heavily favored to win that championship, and your ladies just snatched it right away from them. Yeah, they uh, they were on paper they were they should have won the meet by about forty points, but you know I think we brought some girls that that had competed you know sparingly this year just through injury or, or for whatever reason, and um, you know when and they came in and just just wrecked shop. And and when that happened, I think it just it just broke uh, Charlotte and, and really the rest of the conference. I think it uh, it just demoralized them, and and our kids just started rolling. And and once we got one event, one event went well, then the next one, the next one, then everybody just kind of got excited, and and we mm-hmm. had a great day uh, Sunday. So it sounds like uh, to use an old adage, you hit them in the mouth early. And uh, and then just seized on the momentum. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. We we uh, we the first race of the day was the mile, and Kate Maddox had lost her shoe in the prelims. And normally, if you lose your shoe in a race, you know your foot just kind of turns to hamburger. It's just a bloody mess at the end. You know, I, I hate to be gory, but it, it, that's the truth. But Kate. Uh, just continued to run, and I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, we got to pull this girl off the track." You know, her foot's going to be a mess, and and uh, but she just kept running, and then you know she's in on the final lap, and she's still in the lead in the prelims, so we just let her go, and you know we finished the race, and, and Kate just said, "Hey, I'm ready, Coach. I feel fine." <laughs> so uh, you know, she runs another race that day, and you know when that happens. Your team just gets, you talk about excitement. I mean, they're just like, all right, we got the baddest team here. And and it, and it just snowballed the whole weekend. Uh, we just had great performance after great performance. And, you know, we took a lot of talented kids there, and, and the talent really just came through. All right, Lou, get in here with the uh, Conference USA Championship coach. Coach, so you've got uh, Kate Maddox, and, and that's the kind of stuff like that lives in Southern Miss lore. You know that she ran, uh, finished a prelim race on on one shoe. But it seemed like your senior really inspired uh, everybody else. I know Cassidy Toshier; she was the um, 
Cross Country Freshman of the Year last year. Vivette Green kind of shocked the world uh, in the 200 meter, and then Trinity Benson, another freshman, uh, got third. And it just seemed like after Kate did that, exactly what you said, some of these other ladies just really toasted the field. Talk about those three that I mentioned, Trinity, Vivette, and Cassidy. Well, uh, Trinity was just a little, uh, just a little girl from uh, uh, Slidell, and and she's been just getting better and better and better every every week, and and she just does so many events for us, and uh, it just seems like she never gets tired. She just gets angrier, <laughs> and uh, you know she'll finish a race, and if she didn't win, she's just mad, and she just goes and runs harder the next race. So, but she was tremendous for us, scored a lot of points. Vivette Green was a, uh, a superstar in high school, and we couldn't we, we had her come down for an unofficial visit and couldn't get her signed. But you know, a couple years later, we got her back from Purdue, and and she was just great for us. She we knew that she had the potential to to be a champ in this conference, and and she just wasn't going to be denied, and she just ran great. Uh, you know, Cassidy Tusher was uh, you know freshman of the meet. Um, she just was outstanding. She's the one who really just broke the spirit of the Charlotte distance crew and and uh, and really, really just kind of catapulted us at the very end of that meet just to, to put the point total away for us so that we couldn't be caught. And those three were great. They were they were tremendous. So Cassidy broke a school record in the 5,000 meter on Saturday. And then, Coach, you know, translate this for me. In the 3,000 meter, she shaved 11 seconds off of her previous personal best to finish second. Translate that for, you know, those of us that that uh, aren't fluent in, in understanding. How, how much of a big deal is that to shave 11 seconds off a of personal best? Oh, gosh. You know what that is? That's like the, that's like the four-string running back. You know, all your all your starters go down. Second team, third team guy gets hurt, and you 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 throw in your fourth string walk on running back, and he runs for two hundred and thirty five yards in a game and scores four <laughs> touchdowns. That's about what that's like. So, you know, wow. it, hopefully it's a fair comparison, but that's about what she did. And and uh, you know, the rest of the conference just wasn't quite ready for that. They they you know they knew she was good. For country but they just weren't ready for her to be that uh potent on the track and uh, you know with with the ncaa allowing that she's still a freshman and being the freshman of the year last year um kind of what what sealed the deal was your four by 400 team um trinity benson was in there and you end up beating charlotte by by four points what does it mean for you to bring southern miss the first indoor conference championship well uh you know, it's it's. I, I haven't let it sunk. You know, I haven't let it sunk in yet. So it, it's what what it brings to me right now is a target on my back for the rest of the year. But um, it, it's just such a motivating uh, uh, experience. It's something that is going to help build our history and and help build our culture and and help build uh, just continue on with the winning ways that we have. And and you know, we we have you know, a fairly new program. You know, we haven't been around, you know, since 1910 or anything. So, you know, we're still building our history uh, every single year. And this is one of those things where the more trophies we can get, the more we can look back on it. And, uh, you know, that's just going to make make things get even better and better for us uh, with each year. And, Coach, it, it can't hurt recruiting, can it? I mean, it's got to be good for well, recruiting. 
You know, I, I hope it helps recruiting. You know, we we are you know we're recruiting all the time, and and uh, you know we're getting a little more interest uh, than we did from year one when we arrived. We're getting a little bit more interest, so um, we're just waiting for the big fish to call me up and say, "Hey, I'm I'm coming to Southern Miss," and I'm uh-huh. like, "All right." But but you know we, we're uh, you know we're we're not turning anyone away. That's for sure. We're we're going to make sure that we. Uh, uh, stay on the grind in recruiting, and hopefully, hopefully, it just helps us show some rings to kids that uh, it's going to help us uh, pull in some of the best kids in our state, the best kids in this region. Coach, nobody wins in sports. <clears throat> no one has real success in sports without working for it. I, th- I think people that have never participated in sports think you, well, this guy's great, and he doesn't have to really work. I, I don't really think that's the case. I think. Everybody that's great in whatever sport they participate in works very hard to get there. So I've got to assume, and I, I think it's obvious, that your ladies have worked very hard to get to where they were this past weekend. Yeah, they, they have worked really hard. And, you know, I, I consider uh, myself fortunate, too, that, you know, along with the hard work and the dedication uh, that goes along with, you know, you couple that with some talent. And, and great things are going to happen. We're, we're fortunate that we, you know, we stayed COVID-free. We really weren't affected by that. We didn't have any kids opt out. Um, you know, I hear stories about some, you know, this kid or that kid opted out. We didn't have anybody opt out. Um, we we uh, we stayed COVID-free. You know, we did. We had maybe one person brought it back after the Christmas holidays, but we stayed healthy. You know, kids did all the all the things that we asked them to do, and they just stayed focused throughout the, the entire season, and, and uh, great things happened because of it. Did you sleep well Sunday night, or were you too excited? Oh, I slept like a baby. You know, <laughs> I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep well Friday night and Saturday night. You know, I was right. I was just I, I couldn't go to sleep. I was just thinking about the meat and scoring it, and, and thinking about all the things that could go wrong, and 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 how to avoid that. But Sunday on the bus, you know, you know, I felt uh, we were excited. But then as soon as I got home, you know, I hugged my wife and kids. And then, you know, when I, when I laid my head down, I was gone. <laughs> well. It's 48 hours of an emotional roller coaster that you go through. I mean, I know you do. I know it's pretty emotional and it's, it's stressful during a football game for three and a half hours. But when you're, doing, when you're on a 48-hour, uh, you know, uh, emotional binge like we have during track and field season it's it, it really wrecks you at the end of the meet so uh but it but it, hey i wouldn't trade for anything it was no. a lot of fun it's the best sleep you ever get in your life <laughs> there you go coach the and, and well deserved we uh, luke and i could not be happier for you congratulations coach stewart and uh, we really appreciate your job uh, that you're doing for track and field. We appreciate your willingness always to come share your successes with us on the Eagle Hour. Thanks, Coach. Champs! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Coach John Stewart, everybody. Conference USA Indoor Track and Field Championship. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
Congratulations again to track and field coach John Stewart, all his staff and athletes. The ladies are the 2021 Conference USA Indoor Champions. And how cool is it? You can go win another championship before school gets out in May when you when you do track and field. Track and field can actually win four or five championships in the course of the year with the individuals and cross country and all of that. So uh, we want to just congratulate them, the first conference championship for Southern Miss this year, and uh, we greatly appreciate his time. On the Eagle Hour, third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you didn't go today, I do this every single day to show you you need to show up to 4th Street Bar and Grill. They had country fried steak or they had fried chicken. Mm. So that was your your protein. Then you could have got rice and tomato gravy, mac and cheese, a biscuit, and a drink. And it was only $8.95. I'm tempted to think pork chops will be on the menu tomorrow. That's usually what happens on Thursday, but uh, stuff to do at night. Lunch during the day, always something going on at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Patrick McGee, the professor of the Biloxi Sun-Herald, now joining us on Wednesdays, and we appreciate him uh, coming on every week. Patrick joins us now. Uh, uh, Patrick, Eagles drop a 5-3 to three decision last night to South Alabama, and kind of the same way with uh, Game 2 of the Northwestern Series. You get people on base. Uh, you can't get that timely hit. They had a few of them. But then, you know, they had the first couple errors of the season last night, and Tanner Hall really didn't do bad. There was just one inning where uh, Stewart came in and gave up some runs. So, you know, Bob, was we were joking during the break, these uh, social media warriors already freaking out and saying, oh, it's season's over. People just need to breathe, right, Patrick? Yeah, it's ridiculous to sit here two and two against, you know, quality competition and, and be freaking out. You know, Northwestern State had the exact same record that Southern Miss did at the end of the 2020, you know, shortened 2020 season. South Alabama is obviously... It's always a tough out when you have to go to Mobile or really play them anywhere. So it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the team looks okay. I mean, the, the hitting is a little missing here and there. It's still a young lineup trying to figure out its way. Uh, so it's, it, you know, uh, the, the Southern Miss always tends to hit a little better and things tend to go their way whenever the weather warms up a little bit. So uh, no reason at all to panic. Uh, you just want them to come out and kind of have a good weekend here against UConn. It's, it seemed as if uh, Coach Barry hinted yesterday that they would have started Ben Etheridge last night, uh, but because of his appearance. Hunter Stanley, obviously, conference uh, player of the week, but you got to be encouraged with Etheridge and with Boyd and knowing Powell's mm-hmm. going to be back this weekend. It's got to make you feel better. Yeah, I mean, that's, you're, you're sitting pretty kind of headed into next week. Uh, you know, Shepard's still not going to be available. I think he only threw, what, one inning, one inning against uh, Northwestern State, yeah. so they're not really to stretch, ready to stretch him out at all uh, at this point. It may, you know, he, he his chances starting may come a, come a little while out. So, but to get Etheridge in there and he threw really well against Northwestern State out of the bullpen. Uh, you get Drew Boyd in there as a lefty, and and Hunter Stanley looked exceptional uh, there on uh, on Sunday. So Walter Powell putting him back in the mix. Uh, you've got four really quality starters or capable of being really quality starters. Uh, ready to roll. Unfortunately for Chandler Bass, he kind of stubbed his toe, and I think for him, it's really kind of finding that confidence uh, that eluded him a year ago. And to start out that way, 
uh, is, is obviously disappointing for him. But uh, it's, yeah, I mean, with Etheridge and Powell back in the picture as, as potential starting pitchers going into uh, the next four or so games, you're in, you're in pretty good shape. All right. Patrick, base football um, uh, underway as well. Uh, spring football. I heard you and Luke talking before we went on the air. You got a little. You got a little glimpse. Tell us what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you saw a new energy, a new approach to how to conduct practice. Uh, there was a, a tempo from the outset. Whenever they got into team drills, everything was moving really quickly. Uh, I, I think Will Hall is really trying to build an environment where these guys. Uh, you know, compete during practice while also kind of uh, having a healthy you know, relationship with your teammates. It's all about building positive energy. And uh, you, you could see Will Hall making concerted effort, uh, a concerted effort on, on, on Tuesday and trying to get everybody on board and try to follow his way of, uh, of just approaching every little thing within the program. So uh, I, I think, you know, you could tell it was a different head coach and a different staff out there. Uh, there was definitely a different vibe than what you got under a Jay Hobson led practice. And how so, Patrick? Just more energy, just moving quicker. Is that what you're really referencing? Yeah, well, I mean, the tempo played into it, but I, I think just the interaction with the players and and just the mood. You know, I mean, it, it, nothing in just Jay Hobson, but his practices felt like it was, you know, a little tense. Uh, you know, it's it. it, it you didn't really get that kind of tension on the field whenever uh, on on Tuesday. It was just you know you could tell the players were a little bit more upbeat, uh, and the head coach and the staff obviously uh, you know they were coaching them out, coaching them up throughout, and they got rewarded whenever they did something good, and mm-hmm. uh, they were reminded whenever they did something wrong. It was just you know it was just a, a really clean uh, uh, upbeat approach to to practice. I thought. And practice ended on time for once. I, I was thrilled about that. <laughs> Luke, you like hearing this, don't you? Well, yeah. The, the joke was whenever uh, we left Wes Jones and Stump's dad, Coach Taylor, you know, we had three, three-and-a-half-hour practice. We went to Southern Miss, and after hour 45, we look around like, whoa, practice is over. This is only, you know, so I know the players uh, really, really appreciate that. Patrick, people people forget, you know, um, probably until about 2002, Jeff Bauer actually coached wide receivers, and 2003, he brought in Dave Warner, who who's the coach of that. Now we're going back to a head coach who is a position coach. Was it was it unique or cool seeing Will Hall specifically oversee one position? And did he really stay with the QBs, or did you see him moving around? Uh, he moved around a fair amount uh, out there. I mean, he was with his quarterbacks, but he was you know whenever there was other drills going on and, and stuff, he he really wanted to kind of wander the field. He's used to being the head coach. You know, I mean, obviously he's been his coordinator. Uh, everywhere he's been as a head coach, but uh, he's got that experience under his belt at West Alabama and West Georgia. So, I mean, he, he knows how to kind of, yeah, he's a position coach and the coordinator, but he's going to go out there and he wants to have eyes on a lot of different things. So uh, I think he's he's kind of, he knows how to balance all that. And uh, You did see him interact with other positions all, while he was out there. You, uh, you got a great article up today reviewing the practice. Kind of Kind of walk us through. He talked about it at the press conference yesterday, also about the the high five opportunity at the end. You know where mm-hmm. they want to go hard against each other at the end. They just kind of want to recognize they're all part of the same family. Yeah, well, at the end it was it was kind of weird, and it was you know it was something you're not used to seeing. 
uh, is he, you know, at the end, he's like, okay, everybody high-five each other, you know, reward each other, or congratulate, uh, congratulate each other's practice. So they all just started hopping up and high-fiving each other. By the time they were done, they were all just kind of jumping up in mass at midfield. Uh, it was it was different, and uh, I you know it, it was it's kind of a little you know uh, you, you can see Will Hall as a college football coach. He's not just a football coach. There's much more to it in the cult when you're whenever you're a college coach. It's about building morale and and being able to interact and get the, your young players to buy in. And I think that was all kind of part of that, and that he wants positive interaction in all aspects of the program. And at the end of the practice, he wants to see people walk off with a, you know, a, you know, a hop in their step and a little bit of, uh, you know, upbeat attitude. So uh, it was, it's interesting. That's really what comes into it. Was it was definitely a different feel out there at the stadium mm-hmm. on Tuesday. So as a man that covers sports for a living, Patrick, what what do you think will be the biggest single difference people see in the Southern Miss football team when they take the field next year? I think it kind of remains to be seen on that. Uh, you know, one practice, you, you know, you can have all the tempo in the world in practice, but if you get, you know, if you get in the week one, you know, the season opener, like, well, we suck at tempo. <laughs> uh-huh. We got to change things. So I, <laughs> I think there isn't much that you can read into, uh, uh, what we saw out there on, on Tuesday. You know, you only have one scholarship quarterback on the field because T Webb apparently had a stomach bug or something. Uh, so it, there, there really wasn't a whole lot you could take away from one day of practice uh, with them not being in pads and having some guys missing out there. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Maybe at the end of the spring I can kind of tell you that. Right. But, but Patrick, we're Southern Miss fans. After one practice, you know how it is. We're going to win the yeah. national championship. That's right. And then when we lose one game, we're the worst team in the history of civilization. Right. So that's just how we are. Yeah, well, it's you just look at how they reacted to the one loss in the baseball season last night. That's <laughs> was ridiculous. But that's any that's any that's any group of fans really at any college. Everybody. No, but we're, we got you know, some winners on our side. <laughs> right, right. So, Patrick, in conclusion, it's it's not too early to give up on the baseball program, correct? <laughs> no, they're very good. I saw them in person. They're they're going to be good. Uh, just the lineup is is young, and you know. Some of these guys aren't going to hit their stride for another couple of weeks. Right. Always a pleasure, Patrick. Thank you, Professor. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Patrick McGee. The sky from the is Center. not falling, Bob. No. So the sky we, is not falling. So now we don't have to just give up on baseball for the rest of the year. Man, I'm excited <laughs> to know games. that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? We'll be back. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. They got some camps coming up for spring break, March 15th through the 17th. Also, as we were talking to Catherine uh, Maloney yesterday on the Eagle Hour, you can go in your your team, uh, your your family, if, uh, if you don't have a place to do some BP or maybe you get rained out, DBAT.
It has all kinds of cages for you to rent out, softball, baseball, pitching machines. A great uh, place to go, D-Bat. And then D-1 Training next door, great workout facility. D-Bat and D-1 Training on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, Luke and Bob, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Softball yesterday improved to 8-2 and two overall. They swept Jackson State. In Hattiesburg, win game one six to two. Terrica Williams led the Lady Eagles two for three with an RBI, and then the Eagles dominated uh, the second game ten to nothing. It was cut short after five innings. Freshman Carson Pierce went three for three. Now that's the young lady that threw the no hitter over the weekend and struck out sixteen in her first appearance yesterday. As a hitter, she went three of three, three runs and four RBIs. Lady Eagles uh, will go on the road to Jackson State or Jacksonville State uh, Friday, and then they will take on somebody else on Saturday. I'll tell you who that is in just a second. Jacksonville State. Now they got a three game series against Jacksonville State Friday, Saturday, and a, two, a doubleheader on Saturday. So anyway, Brian Levan got his squad out to an eight and two start and uh, looking good for the Lady Eagles. Kelly Sander joins us. What's up on your Wednesday, Sander? Man, it's beautiful outside today, guys. It's, it's downright warm. Yeah, it's like uh, summer, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it won't, won't stick around long. But you, know, you guys were talking about the the game, at, the baseball game at South Owl last night, and and the doomsdayers are are all over the place. You know, the team's out to a two and two start, and and we had said on this program prior to the season starting about how difficult this schedule was. Right, that, that that all these teams that had been in the regionals, Northwestern State was in a regional a couple of years ago. You know, South Alabama has always been a really good baseball team. And the benefit of playing these teams is that your team, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? So when, when you get into your conference play and then get into regional play, uh, you're used to, you know what it takes to beat really quality teams. Well, you're going to take some bumps along the way. On the other side of the coin, if you schedule a bunch of weak sisters and beat up on them, all right, you might start out 10-0 and 0, you know, or 14-2 and 2 or whatever, but then when you start playing good competition, you're not used to playing good competition. Then you get beat, and then everybody says, well, the reason you're getting beat is because you didn't play anybody. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, w- w- what do you want? I mean, you, you can't have it both ways, right? Let's put it There's Southern Miss fans, though, Kelly, that they want it both ways. Here, here's the reality, Kelly. In 2019, Northwestern State won 38 games and played in a regional. Last year, they were 12 and four when the season got called. Uh, they said last night South Alabama has been to 27 NCAA regionals in its short history, and you come out against that kind of competitive uh, teams two and two. I think you're pretty happy with that. From <laughs> if you're being very realistic. Well, not, and not to sound condescending, truly not. But normally when you hear Northwestern State, you think, oh, well, that, you know, a, a program like the Eagles ought to steamroll no, Northwestern no. State. But if you know anything about baseball, Correct. and again, not to sound condescending, but they're pretty doggone good. I mean, right. my, my son is privileged to have a regional ring uh, when, he, when he pitched for Northwestern State. So I knew all about the Demons and how good, you know, how good they were. Right. Uh, but, you know, when Denny Crum was coaching Louisville for all those years in basketball, and again, anyone's looking at Denny Crum, C-R-U-M, uh, <laughs> his, his Louisville basketball teams, he would always schedule really, really good teams. Yeah. And, he, and people would complain when they would get into the NCAA basketball tournament with 10 or 11 losses, 
and then guess who'd be in the final four? <laughs> Louisville just about Louisville. every year, right. Yeah, because they were used to playing those really good teams and knew what it took. And that's just the philosophy that Denny Crum had, and it worked. Right. So not not that Scott Barry cares a flip about, you know, and he's certainly successful and knows what he's doing, and not that he cares what I think. But, man, keep playing those tough teams. That's how you get better. 100%. 100%, Kelly Sander. Playing the good teams. Right. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't behoove anybody to beat somebody 16 to nothing. Right. Hey, before we run out of time, Kelly, we'll have you on more the rest of the week. I think I saw the best-looking football uniform I've seen in 20 years yesterday. And i got to tell you, it was your Cincinnati Bengals, black and white. The white tiger uniform is what the caption described it. Awesome. Is that what they're going to start wearing? It, it looks like it. But but you know that your, that your team is in trouble when the only thing that people are talking about is your uniform. <laughs> 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 they're not talking about your great players. They're not talking about your chances of going to the Super Bowl. They're not talking about. <laughs> well, they have nice looking uniforms. Well, for what it's worth, Kelly, they'll they'll be some good looking losers next year if they wear those every week. <laughs> well, and and in, and in the words of what was Billy Crystal on Saturday Night Live, his character that said, "It is better to look good than to feel good." To look marvelous. <laughs> well, they look fantastic. The picture that the. Uh, the picture that I saw. All right, Kelly Sander will be much more visible tomorrow. We will wake him up at least. Was that quarter one or so, Kelly? Is that good to call you and yeah, j- jot you out then? I'll, I'll, I'll try to make it, guys. Okay, Kelly Sander. Hang on. No telling what Huff said. By the way, the guys are going to be at 4th Street Bar and Grill Friday. And, Kelly, you're invited. Slade said to tell you that. Uh, he, he didn't really know why, but he was going to offer an invitation for you to join the guys uh Friday at 1 at the 4th Street Don't Burger. have to twist my arm. Don't have to tell you twice, do we? That's right. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.